Maybe you wouldn't be so offended if Darren cursed more. Be advised. Hey y'all, I'm Jen. I'm from Oakland and I'm an androgynous, black, lesbian, feminist, and a lover of all black people. This is Darren. I'm an asexual novelist, researcher, and bona fide comic book fanatic from the widest part of Southern California. Orange County. We're queer millennials with three kids and nearly 20 years of marriage. This is a podcast about the realities of blackness, adulting, and relationships. This is That Black Couple. Hello. Hi. I feel like this month is only starting, but it feels like it's been going on forever. That's what every May feels like. (laughs) But I feel like April went on forever as well. April was awful. Well, in April, I was dreading the coming of May. Oh. I mean, it's tourist season, so, you know, we're going to celebrate that. Yeah, birthday's coming up. Mm -hmm. It's around the corner. Tauruses are excellent people. Just wonderful. I don't understand why people don't like Tauruses. Because there's something wrong with them. Well, that's true. I mean, no. I mean, y'all do. I mean, y'all sleep a lot. You are stubborn. And you always need snacks. And that's exhausting. That's exhausting. Yeah, but don't you want someone who's your ride or die? Who's like forever in your corner, even when you're a fuck up? That's not really Tauruses. Yeah, it is. That's like Aquariuses. No, like the Taurus will stick with you. You gotta, you gotta really cross a tourist, right? And once you do, you dead forever. No, people don't yeah, like but, that person. But but if you but if you cross a tourist and they drop you, clearly it was your fault. You sound like an earth sign right now, and no, people don't want that. They want to be able to abuse you forever and you not leave. So you're describing what people don't want, which is why people don't like tourists. You just proved it. That sounds like a them problem. Exactly. Look at you now. You're being <laughs> listen. I don't have no problem with it because I'm a Virgo. It works for me. I'm just letting you know that that's not. That's not. Anyway. Do better. Anyway, this is this is episode nine of season four of That Black Couple. We're talking about self care solutions today. Yeah. It sounds a little like kitschy, but it 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 has a plan. This is Jen. This is Darren. I want everyone, again, grab your water. We are hydrating. I'm not going to sit here and tell y'all to drink no more alcohol on this show. It's irresponsible. Drink some Gatorade. No. Every now and again. I have a show for that. It's called Pros, Prosecco, and Politics. Yep. And that's, yep. So if Mm -hmm. they want to do that, they can go to my Instagram and check out my little show where I drink alcohol and try and talk about books. But it's hard because usually I'm crossfaded. (laughs) <laughs> okay so anyway on this show you and you're probably driving or studying drink some water that's true drink be some responsible Gatorade, you know drink some kombucha drink something that will help your body operate better than it did before you drank it okay alkaline water Al- yeah something with a ph balance <laughs> do it have a seat this is That Black Couple. I'm Jen. I'm Darren. And before we get started, please make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at That BLK Couple, on Facebook at That Black Couple, and look us up on the internets at www.thatblackcouple.com. You already know, because I tell y'all every episode, you can stream all of our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audible. Pandora.
every single place you can listen to podcasts. Are you done? Is you finished? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not done. Is you done? Is and you I'm finished? not finished because I have not let the people know. I have not reminded them mm. that you got to join that Patreon. Oh yeah, definitely join Patreon. Do that. Yeah, do that now. Do that now. I'm finished because that's where they can get that exclusive content. Oh, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Okay, well here. Okay, this episode is about self care solutions. And we came to this episode partly because, what is this month, Darren? Mental Health Awareness Month. That's a fact. Darren is sitting here struggling through a cough. He's been struggling through a cough for like 45 minutes. And it's interesting because he's going to edit out all his coughs. But there are so many of them. Don't edit this out. Why? Just tell all my business like that. Don't edit this out. Don't edit this out. I'm going to edit this out. No, you better not. I'm going to edit the coughs out. (laughs) You better not edit me out talking about your coughs. Anyway, my point being, he got allergies and he ain't here coughing, y'all. And he gonna edit it out, make it sound like he all smooth and shit, and he not. That's that is the magic of editing. Anyway, it's cheating. So my point being, is self care solutions, and they're not even practicing actual self care. I am because I, he's not even coughing. But I but I am taking medications. <laughs> are you as, as as they're intended? Are you? Yes. No, you're not. I am. No, you're not. Most Darren, of the time. tell the truth to the audience. Most of the time. Darren, do you take care of yourself like you're supposed to when you're not feeling well? Oh my when, god. When I'm not feeling well. That was such a long pause. I, I usually just go like like on a fainting couch. Oh, I go like no. oh, oh, oh. oh. Cocoon. And then you do you do you drink the little fluids that you need to feel better? If people bring me the no, fluids no, 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 to no, drink, no, no, no. do you drink the fluids that you do? No, no. Remember, I'm on the fainting couch. Like, oh. wow. So I'm I'm incapacitated. Wow, wow. So what I'm hearing is that this episode is also for you because you're a hit dog and you're about to be hollering. Okay, okay. All I'm right. A, I have work to do. Okay, okay? just make it sure. So this is what brought me to this episode is that a lot of times when we do our mental health awareness or our physical health awareness or any type of episode that we do, and not just us, I mean like in general, when folks do these episodes, they're always talking about the doom and gloom. Here are all the stats. Here are all the ways that it's harder for black folk and for women and for disabled folks and for poor folks. And there's all this data and there's rarely any like actual solutions or any recommendations for what has worked and what might be a, a way to actually get over some of those obstacles. Right. So I wanted to spend some time just being completely honest today. I wanted to have an episode where we just talk about what's worked and what hasn't worked in our mental health journeys and what we can do better. That's all. And I think that's fair. Yeah. And I also think it's really nice that we're going to get people that kind of inside look mm-hmm. into our lives. Mm-hmm. I hope you got a lot to say. Oh, I'm I'm an open book. You better be. <laughs> this podcast is supported by generous donations from our patrons and listeners. Become a supporter today by heading to www.patreon.com slash media. You can stream the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. When you listen, please consider hitting that heart button, sharing, giving us a five-star rating, and leaving some dope comments. This helps us with our paid drinkings and gets more listeners for the show. Thank you so much. Okay, we're back. We're back. It's the conversation. And we're going to conversate. Yeah, we actually are today. We're going to make it very conversational. I'm going to ask you questions about your mental health journey, and you're going to ask me questions. Let's do it. All right. So, 
Darren, on your mental health journey, uh, what do you feel has helped you the most? Oh, I don't, I feel like I should have anticipated this question. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, I don't have an answer right off the top of my head. Okay, so what has helped me the most? Um, I think, I think in, in my self-care mental health journey, I think this is really a weird answer, but like putting myself first mm-hmm. has worked. And, and when I say putting myself first, going a little bit deeper into that, I mean, really being, being willing mm-hmm. to try mm. and to fail mm. and then to try something else and then to fail. Mm-hmm. And then to try the things that I already tried mm-hmm. and see if maybe I just messed it up and I need to do it again and it'll be better the next time. Yeah. And then maybe it failed and then maybe it didn't. Mm-hmm. Right. Really just the the journey itself, I think, has really worked well for me to figure out what does work for me and what doesn't work for me and to kind of, you know, fine tune those things and um, discover things about myself, you know, along the way. I think that has been really helpful. There's been a lot of elements that have been instrumental in that. Mm-hmm. Therapy was a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, I consider I consider therapy to be very important. I've been going to therapy not really consistently, but pretty much off and on for I don't I don't even know how many years at this point. Yeah. But be, and part of that is the trial and error, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes I go to a therapist and it's great, and I see them for a couple months, and then it's not great anymore. Yeah. Or I feel like I don't need a therapist anymore, and then I stop, and then. Something else happens and I go, hey, let's try that again. Mm-hmm. Let's go see a different therapist. Mm-hmm. Let's go talk to a therapist about something different than what I was talking about before. Right. And that's that's the whole part about the journey and the, and the, the trial and error um, and kind of figuring things out. I think I feel like that's a really great example of how that played out for me. It sounds like being present, like being grounded. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And, and exploring things yeah. within myself. I fucked with that. Good thing. <laughs> So I would, I want to know for you currently, when you think about self-care, what, what do you think is your most important practice? Mm, Currently, I think that currently, um, what's actually most important for me is vacating. Mm. Um, I do, I, I journal a lot. I smoke a lot of weed. I touch a lot of grass and plant a lot of things that's almost up there like i feel like my plants are like so critical to my my yeah. survival yeah um and i you know i meditate you know i do all those things but i really do think that the ability to escape of the stress of things at times has been really important for me and allowing myself to do it and i don't mean like in big grandiose ways i mean like in small ways too where like i'll allow myself a rest day on a tuesday afternoon and i just lay there and watch jurassic park for a few hours and eat like you know popcorn and laugh you know what i'm saying like that's escape that's vacating right that's not staring at my emails all afternoon and doing logistical and administrative things for my students and mentoring here and writing this book and sending off these edits and you know it's taking a break and you know, I think that um, I've learned since graduate school how important time off is for me. And that when I don't take that time off, my body like spirals toward burnout really quickly. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so my plants are up there, but that even that's labor, right? It takes me so long to water these hundred plants. Like it takes me, child, like hundred plus. It's a hundred. It's okay. It's a hundred and two. It's a hundred and change, yeah. But there's a couple little baby ones, and they don't count. So anyway, <laughs> my point being that they're on the bubble. Yeah, they don't count. <laughs> I'm gonna sell them anyway. But my point being, like you know. When you when you're able to actually and and I think vacating is a privilege, right? Like I yes. think my ability to be able to just walk away and say I'm taking a break, I'm turning on my away messenger at work, I'm not answering any emails after five p.m. Like that's that's all a privilege I'm aware, um, but I'm grateful for it. I'm really grateful for it because the way my anxious mind is set up, my complex PTSD is set up, I I need quiet. Yeah, I need space. I need to just sometimes lay and look out the window and have no one say anything to me for a whole hour. Well, and you know, I think you really hit the nail on the head when you said that that vacating is a privilege. Mm-hmm. But I think you know, as we're talking about solutions, I would challenge people to to say that you can find a way to vacate. Absolutely, it, it'll your vacating might look a little bit different. Absolutely, and I know for us, vacating has changed a lot over the years. It I sure remember. has. When we first, first, first got married, and I was working this job that I absolutely hated. I also hated that job. Absolutely hated. It was mm-hmm. terrible. And every minute was excruciating. Mm-hmm. I would find time at that job. Yep. To vacate. Yep. I would take I would take fifteen minutes and walk away. Yep. And go find a quiet corner. Yes. Go. Uh, I would go outside. I remember mm-hmm. I would go outside and there was like a there was like a tree that I would, I would walk mm-hmm. under where you know there was no one else over there and so for that little bit of time, I was checked out. Absolutely. I was not at that bad job. I was not focused on the bad things. Absolutely. I was, you know, having a peaceful moment, centering myself, calming myself, you know, finding that peace. Yeah. And then I, you know, it made it that much more bearable when I had to walk back in yeah. those doors. Insight Timer has these really dope, like, five-minute, ten-minute meditations you can do in the middle of the day just to help you to get grounded and get centered and to remove the anxiety of the day, you know? And, like, that kind of stuff has been so helpful for me just mm-hmm. to take a moment to remember, like, I'm in my body, I'm okay, I'm safe, I'm protected, you know? So, yeah, vacating vital okay next question so along your mental health journey obviously there are things that did not work mm-hmm. anything you want to share that did not work mm. that is a tricky one mm-hmm. something that did not work mm-hmm. i would say I, I can't honestly i can't think of anything that did not work mm-hmm. i feel like everything that i tried worked to some extent until it didn't mm. i would say the the one that honestly comes my comes to mind for me the most is actually meditating mm. and it was something that worked very well for me you for got a while really good at meditating. i was i was so i felt like i was like you was on that oh, shit i was meditating i learned like a from boss, you yeah right i studied like what meditation is you and went to what camp for meditation i yeah. did all type of shit you did and i was doing like the longer meditations like i could get up to like 30 minutes yeah and i was like this is some hard shit but this is very good and it's very restorative and it's, yeah. you know this is powerful and then at some point it just didn't hit the same mm-hmm. right and i, I think I, th- I think that's just like anything else in life where sometimes it's just isn't the same anymore, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes mm-hmm. you've been to an amusement park so many times, you know, 
you get on that roller coaster and it's not exciting anymore because yeah. you know all the dips and you know all the curves, you know yeah. the, the loops, you know, you know all of that. And I think that's a natural thing for people, right? And then you move on and you find the next thing. For me, I think I made like a natural progression from doing meditations and then I moved into doing yoga, mm-hmm. um, which in a way is also kind of like a meditative state. Absolutely. Um, and I think that was kind of the journey for me was realizing that meditation doesn't have to be like the stereotypical, like mm-hmm. sitting with my legs crossed, you know, in, in my hands over my knees with my eyes closed, humming or, mm-hmm. or, or, you know, reciting words or, right. or listening, you know, it doesn't have to be that you can do other things that, that have those meditative properties. Absolutely. And I think that has kind of been, yeah, it's been like a journey for me. That makes sense. It resonates with me. I, I, I was, I was going to say the same thing. I feel like things don't just like not work. They just kind of, if they do work, they don't always have to work forever, but also sometimes things that start off not really working that well, it's a matter of like growing into them. Yeah. Right. There are things that I can do now, like meditation. I could not do to save my life. I oh, was you like, struggled for so long. I couldn't do it. I could not do it. And now I meditate like every single night before bed, every mm-hmm. single night. And most of the time during the day, I turn on a few meditations. Like I meditate all the time. It's a normal thing for me. A very, very normal thing for me. And well, I and could not say, do it. They say it's like, a, you know, it's, it's exercise for your brain. It's, yeah. It's, it's actual like muscular exercise for your brain. Right. Um, and the more you do it, the better you get. Right. The stronger you get. Absolutely. Okay. So. Now I got to pose a question to you Mm -hmm. and I'm going to cheat because I kind of want to know the same thing for you. So what was something that, that did not work well for you with self-care? Um, that's really, that's really a hard question. So, you know, I don't want to be cliche like the gym. Um, (laughs) but I honestly think it is the answer is the gym. Right. Um, I think during COVID, I realized that there are a lot of ways that we are forced into contact with people that makes me really viscerally uncomfortable. And because I had been forced into it, I had experienced this kind of body numbness where I had stopped acknowledging the discomfort. Mm-hmm. And then COVID happened. And I had all this time with only people I wanted to be around and my, my body discomfort went away um and that and that that filter you know that that siren system was retired i guess yeah and then when i went back into the world i was like oh my gosh (laughs) you know um and the gym i feel like is one of those places right because first of all exercise for me i'm a disabled person um you know i have a lot of anxieties around my body generally as a tall black woman who is gay you know what i'm saying and gets mistaken for a man all the time i don't really want to be navigating my body in public generally but especially not in a place where i'm wearing skin tight sports bra and speedo shorts with my booty popping mm-hmm. in front of a bunch of old men you know what i'm saying like i just don't want to navigate that you know yeah. and i think that this culture of like Oh, everybody with them gym memberships ain't spending spend their money. They all gonna be on there January first. Like it's always this pressure, right? To to there's always this pressure to contort oneself to the self care modality that fits the world, yes. right? 
there's always this pressure to do the new diet and do the new whatever the hell. And I'm like, yeah, like I feel like COVID taught me that actually my self care is like, I need to go walk around in the grass. <laughs> like I am a flower child and I need to be touching plants. Like that makes me feel way better than any one hour session at the gym has ever made me feel. I'm going to be honest with yeah. you. Like I'd be in there singing to them plants. Like I listen. Oh, listen, I know. Okay. <laughs> I listen. Know. I have individual conversations with every. When I go on a trip, I come in the house and individually greet every single one of my plants. When because I come because they all have their own names, right? Like, like that's where I should be. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like what didn't work for me is the stuff that I feel like I was told I was supposed to do. That stuff usually doesn't work for me. So I usually have to figure out like what feels good, and unfortunately, it ain't been the gym for a while. Yeah, the gym is tough. The gym is tough, man. I I, I mean, I would argue, because I, I struggle with the gym a little bit too, but when it's good, it's, again, it's kind of like when I get into that meditative state. Yeah. Where I'm not focused or distracted on everything else that's going on right. around me. Right. Right. And, but I think that's the catch, right? Right. And I think that's kind of what you're getting at. Like for you, it's really hard. It's really hard. <laughs> it's hard to reach that, that type of a right. state. Right. Because of all it's of it's very the, rare that you can, yeah. and you have to have the right context, the right people, the right time of day. You know, that's a lot to think through. And I can simply stand up upstairs right now and walk outside on my patio and have my toes right in the grass. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It just works better that way for you. It does. Um, okay, my last question. So, yes. what do you want more of in your mental health journey? This one is easy for me. Okay. Um. Because one one thing I realized that before I knew what self-care was when I was a teenager, mm-hmm. like the first thing that I can think of that, that I did that kind of was self-care was writing. Mm-hmm. And it was because for me, it was very much an escape, mm-hmm. right? Mentally, it was detaching from the world and, and creating a new reality, Yeah, whatever I wanted that reality to be, whether it was close to kind of what the world is or what my perception of the world is mm-hmm. or if it was something completely fictitious yeah you know as, as far away from reality as it could be um for me that that was always very therapeutic mm-hmm. i could think through problems through stories i could be creative right it was just a great thing for me mm-hmm. um and the more interested i became in writing the less it became that type of an escape for me because mm. then it became a thing that I'm doing. It yeah. became something that I define myself as. It, yeah. You know, it started to, to, to occupy all these spaces. And so it didn't, it wasn't so much of an escape anymore. Um, but I'm kind of, I've recently kind of gotten back to that place where I'm rediscovering it in that way. Um, and I just want much more of it. That's great. Much, much more of it. That's amazing. I, I, I want to get back there. I'm not there yet. <laughs> You're in the trenches. Right now, the, the writing just feels like a job. When, when, well, it is a job when they got deadlines <laughs> and, and, and a bunch of things attached to it. It, it definitely Take becomes a job. Book for me, God. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about you? So, so thinking, thinking about other people mm-hmm. and, and, you know, alternative forms of self-care. Mm. What kind of advice would you give people? What type of things would you recommend that people try? Oh my gosh. I don't know. I mean, 
I hate, you know, I hate giving advice to people. I feel like I, my my experiences are so unique. When they're like, you was a one I one horn flying purple people. You know, I'm like, that's me. I'm the flying purple people leader. But like, you know, I, I, I'm going to be honest. Like, I think that you have to try everything. Like, I think you have to try everything. I think, um, you know, I'm a proponent of like, is it safe? What are the side effects? Okay, I'm going to try it. Because... Something I've learned, I think, after living with chronic pain for a very, very long time is that we just really, we really are socialized to suffer in silence. We're just taught to just walk around and and hurt and struggle and be challenged and feel uncomfortable and unwell all the time. Mm -hmm. And for what? For what? When there's often a very simple solution and often very accessible solution, you know? So I think that we should try everything within reason, right? I think we should be thoughtful and intentional and careful with ourselves and with our bodies and with our community. But I'm also saying like, yo, if there's a, a safe drug that is working for people who have similar symptoms as you, talk to someone about maybe getting that drug. If there is some opportunity where you can start joining a meditation class or some type of Tai Chi or something that works for you that might slow your pace down and allow you to be more grounded in your body, go do it, right? Like, and don't, don't be worried about if folks are like, that's weird, that's corny, right? Because most of those people are sad and not taking care of themselves because yeah. you know why? People who are happy don't hate on nobody taking care of themselves. Mm. Nobody who's happy and, and well taken care of is upset that you want to take better care of yourself. It's a really weird flex to be like, mm, you weird, eating well. What a weird <laughs> flex. But it's true, right? If you if you are really focused on, you know, chasing what's good yes. for you and what what fulfills your life and, you know, fills your cup. Right. You, you don't care no if someone else, like I don't care if no. someone you know having ten lizards in their right. house. If he's, that doesn't affect it has me, zero impact on my and life. I, and I want the happiness for me. I want Good the happiness for, for you. you too. Oh, you like it? I love it. That's what you get from me, niggas. No, you like it? I love it. You safe? You good? You yep. like it, I love it. That's what you're getting from me. Yep. That's what you're getting from me. That's the extent of what you're getting from Jim now, Jackson. Now, I might not participate. I'm not coming over if you've got 10 lizards in your house. <laughs> I'm not eating your food, and I'm not coming over. No. But also, you like it, I love it, girl. Mm-hmm. Find Hallelujah. your joy. Find your joy. Blessed God. You can find my mom and dad, a.k.a. That Black Couple, on the web at thatblackcouple.com. That Black Couple is owned and operated by Color Combos Media. If you would like to help fund our content, sign up at www.patreon.com slash colorcombosmedia. Please consider giving us $5 or $10 per month to help us build our platform and grow our organization. You can also give one-time donations at www.paypal.me slash colorcombosmedia. All donations are welcome. We're back. We back, we back, oh, we back. And it's time for the reflection. Let's do it. You know, thinking about this episode, um, you know, reflecting on this episode, mm-hmm. I'm, I've I've done a lot of kind of thinking back through my life and the different phases and, and stages that I've gone through. And one thing that I that I think has been pretty consistent for me is I'm someone who likes to be supportive. I like to be in someone's corner, you know, mm-hmm. a Taurus, once again. Yes. Um, 
And it's very easy when you're doing things like that to end up not caring for yourself, right? Yes. People, people that are caregivers tend to have a harder time to, you know, apply those same principles to themselves. Yes. Um, and I think that's a really important thing for people to note is like thinking about energy exchange, you know, yeah. what you put out that has to be replaced and yes. replenished in some way. Yes, it does. Right. And it's, I've, you hear it all the time and it feels so cliche, but it's so true. It's like, you're not going to be able to really adequately care or love or support anybody if you are not servicing yourself in that same way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, that's the thing for me that self-care really focuses on is saying how truly important it is for you to care for yourself, mm-hmm. but not even just for yourself, for the people that you care about, for the world in general. Absolutely. And I, I would go even further to kind of say, I feel like a lot of the negativity that we see in the world is based upon people mm-hmm. who are not adequately caring for themselves. Okay, bell hooks. Like we, ooh, okay. Like we just said in the last segment, like people are really hating on other people that are trying to take care of themselves. Mm-hmm right is really just a sign that you are not someone who's actually trying to take care of yourself absolutely it's probably pointing to your own guilt and shame mm-hmm. around the fact that you are not <laughs> chasing and and going after the same types of um, outcomes that other people or are. maybe you don't have the capacity or the space or the access to do so and there's some resentment there like yeah. the, there's all types of reasons why it could be happening i speak from personal experience like i used to definitely hate on niggas that was like i'm going on vacation i'm about to fly to so-and-so place and i'm like bro i don't have a passport like i'm not <laughs> mad that i don't have one i'm just kind of low-key resentful that the world is set up in such a way that i have to sit here like this and y'all niggas is off on vacation on spring break and i gotta take extra hours at work you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying like it's just kind of fucked up. And sometimes people project that on other people. Right. And it is a them problem. You know what I'm saying? The, the conditions and the structures are, are, are fucked up. But the projecting is not okay. Right. And, and I think that's, you know, again, when you think about marginalized communities, right, a lot of times there is a disadvantage there. Absolutely. Whether it be, you know, economic, like I don't have the money or the job that I have has requirements that don't allow me to have that flexibility. Right. I can't get time off of work is a real thing. Right. And sometimes it's, it's just things like family dynamics. Like, sure. like I'm the person who has to be here to take sure. care of so-and-so or they rely on me for like, there's all manner or of I'm, ways. I'm nervous about traveling as a black person. Like that's right. some real shit or a queer person, like, or a disabled person or at intersections of all three or some of the, of the three of them. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's also kind of scary to travel generally. And also if a marginalized person is traveling, it's a very different experience than someone who looks as a heteronormative dominant white person. Yep. I mean, I, I've, I've heard it too many times of people that go on trips and then they face racism on their trip. And I'm right. like, I'd be damned. I'm, yeah, I'm not if paying If I go spend a bunch of money to go someplace. And have you treat me like shit. And I got the same racism there right. that I already got I here. Stay at home. Hell no. I'm not paying no <laughs> upgraded racism fees. But that's the thing, right? Like, be aware of that, you know? And that does not, that doesn't have to mean that you then hate on someone else that right. does have the ability, right? Look at your life, look at your circumstances, look at what you're able to, to do for yourself. Just in the same way I said, like, I didn't have a lot of options, but I had an ability to walk outside and, and sit under a tree, mm-hmm. right? Find the things for you right. that will work right right for right now. Right. And then later on, you will have other opp- right. opportunities to do other things. Right. I agree. 
So no, my reflection is actually also kind of similar to this idea about self-care being a community thing. We learned this obviously from Bell Hooks. We learned this from Audre Lorde. We learned this from a lot of black feminists who've talked to us for a long time about the importance of community in our own restorative justice. And um, I saw this story on Instagram about a black male doula who's working to ensure that um, labor for black women is more equitable and safer. Mm. And it really struck me because I've never seen a black male doula. I've never seen it. I've never seen one before. Um, But also because the crisis of black birthing rates is is so great, right? Um, It's so dangerous to be a black person in labor and enter a hospital right now, right? Um, That I saw this and I was taken aback because I was like, oh, this is really beautiful that he is stepping forward to say there's a, there's an issue in the community that I want to address it. And it made me think about exactly what we're talking about, right? The ways that so many folks, especially, you know, organizers and activists have to put out so much labor, you know, to take yeah. care of everyone else. And there's often so little left for them. Doulas are prime examples of this right doulas work long hours often they are volunteer they are often not supported by the hospitals and institutions that they are affiliated with yeah they have to work in in folks's homes um in all types of conditions and they often have children at home that they're not taking care of because they're taking care of other folks right so it's like it's a really a labor of love and to see this black man do this because he's saying there's a need and i want to address it was like there are ways that we can also engage in community care even when the issue does not directly affect us and it's so important that we do that right because he saw that there was a need for black women because the the circumstances were dire so he addressed it with his own labor and his own body and i just feel like i need to see more of that you know what i'm saying i don't think we see enough of that because it's always black queer and trans women you know, yeah. um, who are, are are expected to carry the brunt of everything, to just carry the weight of the world. And that is also what we're talking about here. That leads to burnout. That leads to, to long-standing mental health issues that exacerbates conditions with folks' brains and hearts and nervous right. systems. So I just... Yeah, it, it, it struck me because I was like, oh, wow. Like the fact that I had never seen a black male doula and that I was so taken aback by one just stood out to me as a reason to think about how we can pour into our communities differently. Yeah. And I'm sure there's, you know, a flip side to that. I'm oh, sure yes. that it, it's one of those things like in providing a service. Yeah. You're also servicing yourself in a, in a way. Right. Like I really wish you'd stop saying servicing yourself. I think you should figure out another Did thing. Did you really have to take it there? You you said it earlier, and I'm like, please stop saying the service. Okay. Providing a service for others sometimes also um, has its own benefit for you as well. Absolutely. Right, and and that that and to be fair, that sometimes that is a form of self care, right? Yes. Volunteering, being a part of your community, yes. right? Being in community with other people, absolutely. Right. A lot of times, I've had that experience myself. Even even if I'm doing work. If I'm doing work on the behalf of other people, yes. there's a there's an intrinsic benefit that I also get from that experience. Agreed. Agreed. It's, like, it's like a um, reciprocal yeah, relationship. Absolutely. And I think we need more of it. I just think that we have to take our mental health seriously, but we have to also understand that our mental health is a connectedness issue, right? We need to be connected to each other. When we're not well, all of us are not well right individually if we're not well none of us are well that's how it works 
Like we have to care about one another's mental health every day, not just in May. Thank y'all for listening. Before you go, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at that BLK couple, on Facebook at that black couple, and look us up on the internet at www.thatblackcouple.com. Bye.